Welcome to ACNL in Action, presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. The podcast is on hiatus this week, but we wanted to bring you a true example of ACNL itself in action. ACNL CEO Dr. Kimberly Long was a guest on the Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast this week. Missing Logic was a guest on our own podcast earlier this year, and Tracy and Michelle have a great interview with Dr. Long as they talk about her journey as a leader and what lessons she has for emerging nurse leaders building resilience. What follows is the episode in full. We hope you'll check it out and we'll see you next month. This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 173. Today, our special guest is Dr. Kimberly Long. Dr. Long is the CEO of the Association of California Nurse Leaders. We talk about lessons in leadership, resilience, and a lot more. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Tracy. And I am the other co-host, Michelle. Awesome to be here again in the studio. Mm-hmm. Recording lots of podcasts, talking to amazing people. Yes. We're so blessed. What we live for. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We love our time in the studio. And today we interviewed an amazing guest, um, Dr. Kimberly Long. Yeah, that was so much fun. She is such a wise leader. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And her story is remarkable, just remarkable. Perseverance. Uh, we can't wait for you to listen to it. It's, you know, from the very first time we met her, we thought, wow, she is a very unique leader. And, um, well, today she we learned a lot more about her and her story. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. She's got lots of wisdom to share. So listen up. <laughs> yes, listen up, listen up. So we're so excited for you to meet Kimberly Long. I'm going to introduce you to her first, and then we will turn it over to the interview. Dr. Kimberly Long is the Chief Executive Officer for the Association of California Nurse Leaders. She's a retired Chief Executive Officer for Vibra Hospital of Sacramento. She holds a Doctor of Health Administration from the University of Phoenix, a Master of Science in Nursing from California State University, Fresno, and a Bachelor of Science 
nursing from California State University in Dominguez Hills. And she has been recognized with numerous personal awards, including Community Service Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, Woman of the Year Award, woo-woo, <laughs> Excellence Nursing Leadership, Excellence in Clinical Care Quality, and Alumni Icon for School of Advanced Studies for the University of Phoenix. She's recently was honored with the nomination for Faculty of the Year at the University of Phoenix. She is a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. She is a leader's leader. And without further ado, here is our interview with Kimberly Long. Welcome, Kimberly, to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Hi, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here. Now we're so excited that the day has finally arrived. We are. <laughs> we're excited for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about it a while, so I'm glad to be yeah. here. Looking forward to uh, it. We have been too. And, you know, I think when we really learned more about your personal and professional story, we were so impressed. And that was one of the reasons why we invited you to be on the podcast. And so why don't we start with you just telling our listeners a little bit about your leadership journey? Um, sure. I, I never intended to be in a leadership position. Huh? Um, my whole focus was to find a, a career that I could you know, take care of my two children. I was a single parent divorced by 19 with two little kids. And I felt like I needed to, to do something for them and, and lay an example for them. And so um, my mother was a vocational rehabilitation counselor and they tested me to see what, you know, skills I had and, you know, what my passions were. And I found out that I had a tremendous love for people. And so my sister, who was a nurse, and my mom had been a nurse before she went into uh, vocational rehabilitation counseling. And I had an aunt and a cousin that were nurses. So they said, OK, you know, why don't you be a nurse? It'll it'll you know, make you'll be able to make good money. You can take care of the kids. You know, there's there's marketability and portability and so forth. So I went into nursing for people. Um, my leadership journey happened when the CEO of. Uh, one of the hospitals where I was, I was in the cardiovascular ICU. I was a charge nurse there. Um, she wanted me to start a program for her. And I was called away from my patient to go meet with the CEO. And you know how scary that probably was. And she said she wanted me to start this program for her. And I ended up in leadership that way. Um, it wasn't planned. But things just kind of went from there. And once I realized that leadership was the path I was going to be on, then I started focusing on how can I exercise my love for people from a leadership perspective. Um, and, and one of the first things I realized was that leadership is all about service. It's not about ego. It's not about locus of control. It's about service and support and enabling and empowering. So, um, you know, that was sort of the beginning of the leadership journey. And then it sort of went from there. That's great. Uh, one of the things we do with healthcare leaders is talk about healthy relationships and how important it is in organizations. And that CEO clearly saw the capacity that you had probably even before you saw it yourself, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I think she actually did that to me twice. Twice. Yes, she did it to me twice. The first time was when I was the CBICU charge nurse and she uh, wanted me to start a sickle cell treatment center. And I didn't know anything about sickle cell. And I had never run a program before, but I had created, you know, well, I had created programs, but I hadn't run programs. Um, so I did that. I learned about sickle cell. I went back, got my nurse practitioner and actually became the primary care provider for that population. And then she called me again and wanted me to head up the heart hospital that they were building. And so I, I ended up becoming the, the um, director of cardiovascular operations and actually began the process, the master planning, and got most of it built of a heart wing at that particular hospital. So she did it to me twice. <laughs> she saw your potential two times. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I really resonate with your story because I was a single parent too. And just that that drive to, you know, you want your children to have the very best, right? And you want to be the best role model yes. that you can possibly be. So I really resonate with that that part of your story. Yeah. Well, Kimberly, we're so grateful for the partnership that has now kind of brought us together between ACNL and Missing Logic to bring our Leadership Survival Boot Camp to all of your members. And, you know, you've just been such a champion for nurse leader well-being during these challenging times. And tell our listeners um, why you never hesitated to promote a program like this for leaders within your membership. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that feels like you should always be prepared. And preparation doesn't always have to happen by running into walls and, you know, falling down and making errors and things like that. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to serve in three chief positions, you know, a CNO, COO, and CEO, and, you know, over hospitals. And, there are certain skill sets that are required and, and different thought processes that are required in each one of those roles. Nurses tend to be um, promoted to leadership positions based on their clinical acumen. And, and, and what happens is we, we go into the leadership positions ill-prepared for the management and business components. And so I've, I've sort of been an advocate to do what I can, assist where I can, support where I can, to help nurses, one, get the skill set that they need, but also get the mindset that they need. And mm -hmm. as I looked, spoke with you all and looked at it, I felt like the, the leadership boot camp would be so beneficial, you know, on the mindset side as well as, you know, the skill set side, because what a lot of people don't realize is the, the people, you, you are not a leader if people don't want to follow your vision. It's not you they're following. It's, it's them embracing the vision that you have. And you have to understand how to cast that vision in a way that people will embrace it because it's not about buy-in. If, if, if somebody, if you have to get people to buy into something, then that means that they're, that you haven't ignited their passion mm -hmm. around it. Yeah. 
They don't have a burning platform around that. They're just doing it because you're asking them to. But if they embrace your vision and they own that vision, you get a very different outcome. But there is a lot of self-awareness and a lot of um, balance Mm -hmm. that you have to possess in order to be able to be an effective leader. And I think that this boot camp, as well as other educational program, helps to convey that and prepare leaders to really work on that mindset and that self-awareness that leadership requires that going in, they think it's about the title. That has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Yeah. Spot on. (laughs) So straight. So straight. Yeah. Well, and I think you get caught between, right? It's, it's understanding it's a balance between managing and leading. And they're different, but they influence each other, right? And they come in and they get taught how to manage, not necessarily how to lead, how to cast that vision, right? right? How how to communicate effectively that vision and to engage others and light their fire, Mm -hmm. so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And we know, and the reason we... The reason we started the boot camp is because if leaders aren't strong themselves, then we're all in trouble. They are the linchpin in the healthcare system. And so it's been a great way to introduce, to your point, a different way to look at things, introduce new skill set and a mindset that can really help them with their personal and professional life balance to start with. But then... It goes on and on and on. <laughs> There's a lot more we can do. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and one of the ways that we work with healthcare leaders, right, is through our dynamic balance effect framework. So that's really the just kind of the cornerstone of everything that we do with leaders. And a part of that is mm-hmm. pillar number one, which is mindful choices. So to your point, right, working on the mindset and really being intentional in the choices that we're making, because we're always making choices. <laughs> we're just not always as clear about the choice we're making, right? And one of those things is um, is choosing, right? Choosing the, the, the actions we want to take very intentionally, but also our thoughts. And when it comes to mindset, right? We sometimes have limiting beliefs that hold us back as leaders, and we work with them to kind of uncover what are the limiting beliefs in your life that are holding you back, either professionally and personally, really Mm -hmm. both. Right. And then how do you flip that to liberating beliefs? How do you flip those beliefs to something that's going to now empower you? So we thought it'd be fun to ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about what were some of the beliefs that you had to flip (laughs) as you became and evolved into the leader that you are today. You know, I'll share with you a story that it was, this was very humbling, but it was also very impactful. When I first got the job as a director, when the first time the CEO called me out, uh, and and gave me this this charge. I had a concept of what a leader was, and I had the title of director. So I decided I was going to direct. <laughs> and in order to do that, I had to look a certain way. So I went out and I bought suits and hose. Back then, they were pantyhose. And I had my shoes 
And I came to work leading. I was directing. And um, so my office was on the second floor of the administrative building. And I happened to be coming down the stairwell and about five steps down, I missed. And there were two flights. There was a flight going this way. Then there was a little landing and a flight going that way. I was inside. So I tumbled the last three steps of the first one, got up and then tumbled the whole second flight and, oh. and rolled onto the floor. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I laid there and I thought, hmm, I can be totally humiliated and mortified right now because the, uh, the EVS gentleman happened to witness this. Thankfully, nobody else was out there. But he and he had said, are you OK? And I made a conscious decision at that moment that I was not going to be mortified. That I was just going to get up, I was going to maintain my dignity and I was going to go on to the meeting. Well, what I didn't know was that the heel of my shoe had broken. So when I stood up, my shoe went down, I realized it had. So I picked up the heel and I walked across the street to the meeting, holding one foot up while I was walking with the other one. Now, what did that tell me? That told me that I was too focused on doing and not being. <laughs> and, and what I had to do was change my mindset to focus on being a leader, not doing a leader. And what I mean by that is people have their preconceived ideas on what leadership is, on what titles are, and how you're supposed to act, behave, and speak when you have those. Get rid of those. It's not about that. It's about being the leader. And that is embodying what leadership really is. So that was that happened on my first day as a director. <laughs> and all of my learning since then have been you know, kind of seated in that. And, and, and it, it was about taking myself out of it because it, 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 it's no longer about you when you become a leader. It shouldn't be about you anyway in healthcare, but sometimes it is. But when you get into leadership, it is not about you at all. It's about how can you enable, empower, support, facilitate, make things move so that the people at the point of service are safe and that they get the care they need in a healthy way. Um, mm -hmm. So that was, I would say that was the major pivot <laughs> that I had to take in order to be, <laughs> to go down this leadership path appropriately. <laughs> oh, what a great story. <laughs> And that's one of the, the main polarities that we work with leaders on because we are so much about the doing, right? And that really so much of it is the, the um, characteristics that you're embodying, the way that you are being um, in the role and, and aligned with doing, taking the actions of that person, right, that is a leader. Right. Well, clearly... Yeah. 
you've shown that you can do both really well. Um, you know, you are very much centered on who you are, but if you wouldn't have been doing the things you were, you did, you wouldn't be as successful as you have been either with the programs you just shared with us. And mm -hmm. so it is, it is both, but I love that story about your lesson, that divine lesson that happened to you that day <laughs> to set you on a, the course. Right. And it's a, it was a great visual too. I was just seeing it all happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I was I was cute that day. I was cute. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I was cute that day for a moment. <laughs> for a moment. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, and I think too, flipping that belief about being a leader is about you, right? To being a leader is about empowering and yes. serving others, right? Yes. So, yeah. Such, so important. That was a critical shift. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we want to know too, Kimberly, um, what some of your greatest lessons have been that you've learned about how important it is to care for yourself first so you, bet you, so you can better care for others, whether that's your colleagues at work, the people on your team, your family, so that you can be resilient. Just that whole put your oxygen mask on first. What have been some of your greatest lessons about that? I'll start with the one that 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 permeated the most and then just talk, talk about some others. The one that permeated the most was to embrace my imperfections. Because we we you know, I I am bona fide type A. And I mean, to the point where people joke about it, you know, and and um, for example, I love Japanese cherry blossom you know, lotion from Bath and mm -hmm. Body Works. And if you go in my closet every quarter when they have their sale, I buy a supply. If you <laughs> go in my closet, the top of my closet looks like the rack at the store. Everything <laughs> it, it gets rotated. Everything is lined up by by type and size and that sort of thing. So I, I've got it pretty bad. But but <laughs> at the same time I embrace that because those same characteristics have helped me in other areas, you know, and I, I've, I've learned to accept me as I am while I continue my growth on the, you know, on the journey of life as I learn, continue to learn things and I make the adjustments. When I make mistakes, I admit that I made it. You know, I tell people, you know what, I blew it this time tonight. You know, and sometimes I'll say that's a big one. That was a that was the best one yet sort of thing, because none of us um, possess perfection. We don't. And everyone is facing something. You know, some people are more outward with it. Other people are more internal with it. But everyone is facing something. So the first thing I learned was to embrace my imperfections. That is to recognize that they're there to accept myself as the unique being that the divine made me, to identify the things that are not working in my favor, admit that they're there, and then seek out ways that I can improve upon those or make them less impactful. Um, that takes a load off. The other thing that I've learned is not to carry other people's burdens. Because mm -hmm. what, what we tend to do, there was, 
when I was CNO in Bakersfield, there was a young lady who used to like to come in my office and she would just dump. She just dump, you know. She'd show up once a week or so and just pow, pow, pow. And and the last time she did it, she came in and she did that. And when she got finished, she said, wow, I feel so much better. And I told her, well, you know what? I don't because you didn't take into consideration that I have other things that these shoulders are carrying. But you come in here week after week and you dump all your burdens on me and then you walk out totally light and you've weighed me down. I'm going to give them back to you. And I said, you, you, you are going to handle those things. I, I appreciate you sharing them with me, but you're going to handle those things. I'm not, you can't do this to me anymore. My shoulders are no more broader than yours. And I have more. I had not only have your stuff, but I've got all these other people's stuff that I need to deal with. So I'm not going to let you dump that on me anymore. So that was the other thing was learning not to carry other mm -hmm. people's burdens. And then the last thing I'll say is to bathe your mind in positivity. There is always something good about every situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I start my day with positive thoughts. And whenever I find myself, because I'm also an overthinker. Oh, I am an overthinker, every possible scenario, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and so what, what I do is I've gotten to the point where I ask myself, what is it that you know? Forget about all the potential scenarios. What do you know? Let's function off of what you know. And what are the positive things that you know? You know, and when I say no, there's always things behind things. But was it, what is it that you saw, smelled, felt? tasted? What is it that was tangible for you? Um, and then I try to end my day with a positive thought. And then the last thing I'll say is I love to laugh. Every day I find something to have a good old roll around belly laugh about. It just kind of releases chemicals into my brain that just lightens it up. So those are those are the, the lessons that I've learned. And and it sort of it helps to keep my perspective right. It helps me to feed my body and my mind positive things. And, you know, I listen to my body when my body tells me to stop. I stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Lots of words of wisdom there. Yes. <sighs> well, we can relate. We laugh a lot. We laugh at ourselves a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We accept our imperfections, all of them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think uh, it's such a, what you said, Kimberly, is, it seems like such a small thing, but I'll tell you, every day I realize how important it is that it really is starting your day with a positive mindset and feeling good and just not getting caught up and stuff and that and being grateful at the end of the day, those things can make such a difference and help you to be just more, um, I think, have, be more compassionate and have empathy for other people, give you more energy. And it's uh, so those are really great examples. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will tell you this. A lot of, of the lessons that I've, I mean, there's been lessons all along, but Five years ago, I found out that I had a genetic disorder 
uh, in the DNA of my heart muscle that I didn't know I had. And I found it out when I had to have open heart surgery urgently. Um, and I made up my mind at that time that if I survived that, because at the time I didn't know if I would, um, they essentially rebuilt my heart, half of it, not the whole thing, half of it, um, because the illness had kind of shredded things in there. And so I have uh, a, a pig valve as an aortic valve. And I said, it must've been a wild boar because I came out a little more ornery than I was at first. <laughs> and then they repaired, um, <laughs> they repaired my mitral valve and they did a, a septomyectomy. Um, and I have a pacemaker. I made up my mind that if I survived that surgery, I was, my life was going to be different. That I was going to function in a platform of gratitude every single moment. And the last five years, I have my five-year anniversary, August 17th, August 15th. Um, the last five years have been amazing because my whole, things that I used to just, Oh, I just worry and they just weigh me down. I don't even give them a thought now. And things that I used to miss because I was so busy. I stop and, and observe and enjoy and, you know, things that I wanted to do that I just didn't have time for. I do them now and I find that I can still work and do those things and have a pleasant day. Whereas before it was like head to, you know, nose to the grindstone all the time sort of thing. Right. I have mm -hmm. beautiful grandchildren. I'll be a great grandma in October. And yeah. I can't wait. I have my children. We, you know, we just spend time together and hang out. It's just a very different life now because I, I just appreciate things more. And it's unfortunate that it took something like that to sort of, you know, that V8 smack. But mm -hmm. yeah. I'm glad that it did. And if that's what it took, then it needed to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. So I thought I'd share yeah. that with you also. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah. that's yeah. so and phenomenal. And we're grateful that you're, yes. that you're here and things. Well, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. wow, what a story. Well, and I think everything happens for us. Mm -hmm. I, I just, that's one of my liberating beliefs, <laughs> right? Regardless of what it is, it's all happening for me, right? For me. So, That's right. you know, how, no matter how good yeah. or challenging it is, it's all for me and for my evolution and my greater good. And, and so kudos to you for recognizing that in this situation and just saying, okay, it's my opportunity, right? To, to shift some of these things. And, um, and it That's goes right. back to the mindset. It's all about what's in the head, I think. <laughs> so much, right? Um, what governs our world and how we see things is that filter in our head. And when you change the filter, you change what you see. And when you change what you see, you can be happier, right? Feel mm -hmm. more right. Um, blessed, all of those things, right? So that's what I see you doing right in that situation it's just i'm just going to look at everything a little bit differently now and when you did that mm -hmm. whoo look what happened <laughs> so what well, we know right now is a decision it is it is yes it is everything <laughs> in our lives i think is a you just gotta choose mm -hmm. decide this is how it's gonna yeah, be right, right? this yep. is what i'm That's what right. i'm gonna experience and what we know right now is um 
you know, there's lots of challenges in healthcare today, especially in that in the hospitals, healthcare organizations with significant leadership challenges and changes. Um, you know, increased volumes and um, a lot of staff have left. A lot of leaders are leaving. And so there's these new leaders, right, thrust into leadership positions. They're emerging leaders. Um, and to your point, some of them probably put in that position because they were good clinically. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and maybe not have, they maybe not have all the skills or the understanding of what it takes to be a leader. So we just wondered if you could comment on, you know, what advice would you give an emerging leader stepping into a position in today's healthcare environment? Any words of advice to offer? You know, the first thing I would tell them is recognize that they're a novice again. Um, oftentimes, you know, if we work in the clinical area, we become an expert there. And we expect when we transition to a different area, we're going to be an expert there. That's not the case. And so we're a little hard on ourselves when we don't know what to do in a certain situation. So I would say mm -hmm. the first thing is recognize you're a novice again. Some of the uh, things that you learned as a clinician will translate, but not much. So, you know, take it easy on oneself, recognize you're a novice, and then identify opportunities to learn things. Um, find a mentor that's experienced and an expert in whatever's going on. Go to courses. Do the Missing Logic Boot Camp, you know, ACNL's foundations or whomever is offering whatever, go and learn some of the fundamentals and then give yourself an opportunity to apply them. Mm -hmm. um, and I would even say, talk to the person that you report to and arrange that in the early part before you, you know, like really accept a position or that sort of thing. Arrange for those things because there's the, the didactic piece there's the application piece, but if you can at least get the concepts and theories down, then it helps to kind of translate it when you apply. Um, the other thing is recognize that leadership requires focusing on the team as well. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to do everything. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to be an expert at everything. Right. Identify the strengths of the people on your team you know, and, and help yeah. them facilitate their growth by getting them involved in things that they have a passion for, that they're interested in, that they're good at. Um, you know, th those would be primarily the starting things. I mean, I could go on forever because there's so many learnings, but, you know, we only have so much time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I think those are great starting yeah. points, right, for them to yes. to consider. I think they feel quite mm -hmm. lost, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's mm -hmm. because of all the changes in leadership, there's not a lot of veteran, right, experienced leaders. So even just like with staff, right? So it's that unique situation mm -hmm. where it may not be internal in the organization. You might have to go outside to, yeah. to get support mm -hmm. or resources or help to your point. So, yeah. Yep. Sage advice, sage advice. 
All right, Kimberly. So now it's time for the missing questions. And for our listeners, Kimberly doesn't know what's coming at her, but we're confident she's going to handle it just well, just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to ask you three fun questions. And I'm going to ask you the first two, and then Tracy's going to ask you a wrap-up question. And the first question is, if you were planning the perfect personal Kimberly day, what would be on your agenda? Oh, all-day spa with lunch. (laughs) (laughs) We just said that ourselves. We were preparing for you. We're like, well, what would we do? All-day spa. With lunch. All day I like that. You know, for my birthday, I used to do that. And there was a place uh, where I lived that was a day spa. And so I would go there in the morning, like at eight in the morning. And I would get a facial and a massage. And I would get um, a full body, you know, treatment. And yeah. then there'd be yeah. lunch, and then I go in the sauna, and then I go get like a pedicure. I mean, it was just loaded with stuff. And and by the time I got done, I would kind of, you know, roll out of there and hop in the car like a noodle and make it home. And it was so relaxing that one day I actually missed my own birthday party. <laughs> Yeah, because I was married at the time and my my then husband had planned a birthday dinner and he had dropped me off and he came to pick me up and I was like a wet noodle. I slept on the way home and then I came home. I walked in, I went and laid down in the bed and I slept through my entire birthday dinner. They had my birthday (laughs) dinner without me. (laughs) You must have needed it. All day. Ah, that sounds perfect. We were we were saying that we we might need a week. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, okay, here's the second question. Who is one of your biggest mentors in your life and why? There was a lady by the name of Rochelle Butler. Rochelle Butler was a single parent, a teen parent like I was, but she was probably 15 years older than I. And I met her because she was a clinical instructor at the college where I was in the JC. And and at the time, I didn't have much. Um, And she used to give me her clothes because I spent whatever I had on clothes for the kids. And so I didn't have much. And so she would give me her clothes and, and the other thing, she'd either give them to me or loan them to me. And then I had a sewing machine and I would adjust them so that I could fit them. She was the one that kind of told me that I could do this. You know, she had gone through nursing school and she had, I had two kids, she had five. And she was a single mom. And I just, it was something about watching her and how elegant she was and how eloquent she was and 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 how she just persevered you know it was almost like she was carving the path for me mm. and she passed away from pancreatic cancer and it it broke my heart because i never got to tell her 
how her example um, gave me hope. And and it was, you know, she she was one that really made a huge difference for me as far as my mindset was concerned and Mm -hmm. what I felt I could do, what my future could look like. That's powerful. Yes. I'm sure she knows. Yes, I am too. I'm sure she knows. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm sure she does. Uh, It's so wonderful when you have somebody like that comes into your life, you know? And uh, and again, I think people are put on our path for a reason, so. Yeah, and uh, you know what? My mom was quite a cheerleader too. She... My mother used to tell us there is nothing that you can't do. And she had a very difficult upbringing, but she was just, she was the cheerleader like you wouldn't believe. And there was nobody walking this earth better than her kids. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) All right. Well, our wrap up question is, you know, we work with healthcare leaders to help them develop polarity intelligence. And, um, you know, it's really, you know, looking at things from a both and perspective. And when we have, um, what might appear to be contradictory values or perspectives. And um, what we know is that we often tend to have a preference poll, right? So when there's two polls that appear to be contradictory, we often have a preference for one more than the other. It's just natural. It's nothing right or wrong about it or good or bad about it. It's just important to know it. Um, So when you realize it, then um, it can help reveal to you any blind spots you might have, right? And how you're seeing things and the perspective that you hold. So we're just going to ask you when it comes to this specific polarity, what is your preference poll? So directive decision-making and participative decision-making, which do you prefer? Participative, primarily directive when necessary. Yeah. Great. Yep. 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 It's a both and. It's not an either or, but it's good to know, right? (laughs) Just good to know what you prefer. So that's awesome. Great answer. Great answer. Mm -hmm. Uh. Oh, Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your stories and your wisdom with our listeners. And, And again, we're just so grateful for your partnership and and uh, who knew when we first met that you'd be a guest in our podcast? <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the partnership and, you know, just getting to know you all and you do tremendous work. And, you know, it's an honor to me to, for me to support what you're doing and oh. all of the work and the preparation that you are providing for the nurse leaders. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're welcome. It was such a pleasure to be with you today. And yes. For our listeners, we will see you next time here on Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Take care and be healthy and safe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. 
If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.